Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jag Report. This is a special session today we're excited about. Uh, the Dobbs versus Jackson uh, Women's Health Organization opinion has been released, and so Philip and I are here together today to talk about it. So uh, I'm going to open this up in prayer, and then we'll just uh, talk about what's been going on, what's in the opinion. Lord, uh, thank you for today. We pray that you... Uh, bless our time together, give us wisdom, give us insight, and help us honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. All amen. right. Philip, what's going on? Man, I'll tell you what's going on. The curse is broken. <laughs> Aslan's on the move, and there's an open heaven from the United States of America to God Almighty and from God Almighty back to us right now. This curse that's been existing over this nation is broken. Broken in the name of Jesus. <laughs> That's, what, words, that's what's up. Jason's chilling potatoes. somewhere right now. What are you doing, man? What's up with you? I am in Alexandria, just a, a little bit away from the court. I'll probably go there later on today. I have my camera set up this way to see what's going on over here in case anybody comes up and tries to take a crack at me for that's right. pro-life views this close <laughs> near to the city. Anyway, but uh, yeah, so I'm up here. I'm in the city. I'm not too far away. I'll probably head up there this afternoon. Uh, mm. My... Uh, one of my one of my friends texted me and said that they're dispatching the uh, the boys in blue up there as we speak. So I think it's going to yep. be a little hectic. Yep. Yeah, we'll probably, you know, we're going to see how the day goes. Jason, I wanted to come on and do this and we're going to post it. And then we may we might have a couple others later today. We'll just see there, there will be things to talk about. So we'll see what all is out there. But um, <clears throat> Jason, I, I talked to a buddy of ours who was over at the court this morning and he said, uh, he said, yeah, he said, when I got here this morning, there were there were now um, barricades up uh, protecting the Capitol, not just the Supreme Court, but the Capitol. He said it's, it's, a, it's a bit different this morning. And sure enough, this decision came. And so, um, hey, let's talk about the decision. Um, uh, you know, there was the draft opinion and I haven't read through the entire opinion yet. There was a lot there. You know, that's going to take a little bit of time. And that's why we might have a couple of videos later today with, with some more detail for you. But um, but it's a, it's a it's what I would call a five three one decision. Um, there were five votes to reverse row, just right along the lines of what we saw in the draft opinion. Although again, we haven't had time to fully compare the draft with what we saw now. But the same five votes, uh, Justice Samuel Alito, God bless him, wrote the majority opinion. It was con had the full concurrence of four other justices: Justice Clarence Thomas. Uh, Justice uh, Neil Gorsuch, Justice Brett Kavanaugh, and Justice Amy Coney Barrett all voted to reverse Roe in an emphatic fashion. Uh, the three dissenting, and then Chief Justice Roberts, who in the in the draft opinion, Jay folks will remember, the chief had not voted in any way in that draft opinion, and that was leaked with those who put the information out that that Roberts hadn't done anything. Well, Roberts concurred in the judgment here, which means. You know, in picking sides in terms of the, the plaintiff and the defendant, the petitioner, the respondent, who wins the lawsuit, he agrees with who wins the lawsuit, but he doesn't believe that Roe should have been reversed at this time. So um, I'm just going to, you know, we can say some things about Chief Justice Roberts. I'm going to hold off for the moment. Uh, Jace, tell me your thoughts, because God... The Lord is the star of this decision, but if we're going to talk about any justices, let's talk about the five. God bless them. So, Jace, what are your thoughts? I thought it was really, really well written, and 
the progression of his argument I thought was clear. It was convincing. Um, and let's let's walk it back for a minute because you and I, are, of course, very we're excited about this. This is, in our opinion, a good thing. But we may have viewers that don't know why this is a really good thing, or there may be people that watch this that are pro-choice that think, "Oh, this is terrible. This is a huge threat to our democracy." Right. So let's let's walk it back and talk about that for a second. And we've we've talked about this in previous uh, videos, but I want to hit it again. The reason that this is good is because it is upholding and protecting our democracy. Our democracy, representative democracy, is based on a constitution. It's a agreed upon social contract, which we all choose to be bound by, that say we agree to be bound by this document and this will help protect our liberties. And part of that document is outlining that when we, when we make rules, especially when we add or subtract rules of which we the people agree to be bound by, it's done by we the people through right. our representatives. That's it's massively important. And it's elementary. I don't mean to insult anybody's intelligence here. Right. But when Roe happened in the 70s, it was a few justices in black robes who are not elected, who don't represent the people, whose job is to decide cases and controversies. And they just unilaterally created a right to abortion where there was none. And yep. how they interpreted one from the Constitution was mental gymnastics. It's not there. And even in the opinion, in this opinion, Alito says part of what they were saying was just wrong. A lot of what they were saying was, well, this was never, this was never against the law, a crime in common law. And so that's, that's, that's uh, important for the analysis. And that goes to the history and tradition yep. part of the analysis. And Alito just says, that's incorrect. And then goes through and brings up a lot of instances in which it was uh, illegal, um, both before quickening and post quickening, which is a whole other term. So that's why it's, it's really important. Yeah. And, and for, so for people who are listening that say like, well, I, I think women should have the right to abortion. I think this is important for women to, you know, go and advance their careers by, you know, not nurturing the next generation, but by putting, getting stuck in a cubicle and calling it empowerment. And they say, well, we must do this because it's, it's, a, it, it's absolutely important. I want them to take away and say, well, okay, like I'm pro-choice, I understand this, but at least I understand that it's not good for a few people in an ivory tower far away in D.C. Yep. to make decisions for 330 million Americans without the check and balance of being elected. That's really yeah, important. I, I, I saw something this morning. There was a headline that said the Supreme Court sort of removed the right to abortion. And I said, gosh, you got it all wrong. It was never there. It was right. it's like a mirage in the desert. You thought maybe that it was never there, folks. Yeah. And you say, well, Philip, that's Trump your opinion. Too. Say, well, that's your opinion. No, it's not my opinion. This is the Constitution. OK, that is the Constitution. It's a written document. It has words in it. Jace will pay you one billion dollars right let's now. It, let's make it a trillion. Why stop there? Make it a, <laughs> sure. Make it a trillion. Jace will pay you a trillion dollars. Matter of fact, double it. I'll do the same. We'll each pay you a trillion if you can find the word abortion in this document in the Constitution. This is a written document. It has text. 
This is the Constitution. Abortion is not a constitutional right. That's your opinion. No, it's not my opinion. It's not in there, folks. It's just not. You know, we could, Jason and I could sit here and dream up. I would like a constitutional right to fill in the blank. Does that make it a constitutional right? No. When the court in 1973 said abortion was a constitutional right, they lied. Ask an honest, liberal, pro-abortion law professor. They need to be honest. And there are many of them that are honest about this. Many, many pro-abortion liberal law professors who will tell you what I just told you. Abortion is not in the text of the Constitution. The court usurped legislative power, legislated from the bench and purported to create one, but there never was one. What the court did today was not remove a constitutional right, but simply speak the truth, which we all have known for the last 50 years. There never was one. That's what that's what they did. Now, Jace, I want to make a point because you were talking about what we the people can do. Now, if you're listening and you you like the right to abortion, number one, you're wrong. I'm just going to tell you you're wrong. But if you like the right to abortion, there's a way for you and people who agree with you to put it in the Constitution. But it's not by five unelected lawyers with black robes. That's not how it works. Article five of the Constitution is the process by which this written document can be amended, can be amended. So we could have a constitutional right to abortion. We really could, but it would have to be written into the text of the document through the process that's laid out in the constitution. I know I'm getting a bit passionate here, Jace, about it, but I just wanna, we need to be clear. Let's, let's quit the charade of saying, well, there's a fundamental right to abortion. There's a constitutional right to abortion. No, there isn't. There never was one. And I'm going to say one more thing. If the Biden administration thinks they can issue an executive order to tell people what to do from the federal government on a right to abortion, that order would be void ab initio. Right. The federal government can't issue an executive order based on a non-existent right. You can yeah. apply that to any area that we want to apply it to. You know, you can't just talking say, about there's a constitutional it. right. Yeah, go ahead, Jace. I heard he was talking about maybe doing it at military bases or executive orders in that way. And it's DOA. It's not, it, it doesn't, there's nothing, there's no substance for him to be able to. Assert exactly. Exactly. There's no, there's no basis for him to do that. Now the president can issue executive orders based on federal rights and federal laws, federal right. constitutional provisions. But if there's not a federal constitutional right to abortion, and again, there never was one, the president can't do that. And so let's just make that very clear. This curse that's been broken cannot be reinstituted by, by Biden or anybody else in the administration for that matter. So let's just be very clear. He, he'll probably try to do it, Jace. This needs to be clear. Yeah. He can't. He has no power to do that. Right. And if, even if he does, if he knows, well, whoever's calling the shots knows that they can't act. It's not, it's not authoritative, but it's a, it's a political stunt anyway. The, the opinion... Uh, that Alito wrote, just to kind of walk through a few things that are important when he was talking about it. First of all, he, he, he says, hey, this is not in the Constitution. We've already talked about that. And then he, he goes through and starts talking about uh, the importance of overruling uh, a prior Supreme Court case or stare decisis. Stare decisis, let it stand. It's this idea. It gives a little bit of uh, actual and perceived legitimacy to the court. It helps kind of with reliance interests. 
and it b- helps build precedent. But when the Supreme Court, the highest court in the land, is making a determination about the Constitution, that is when stare decisis is at its weakest. It's when right. it, it should be considered the very least. And so Alito doesn't just brush it off and kind of knock it out the window. No, he goes through and says, hey, these are the different things we consider when we're, when we're going to overrule uh, stare decisis. And for you know, our viewers that say like, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I don't think it's good. Every single person on the court has voted to overrule the Supreme Court case at one point. And further, there are really, really big, important cases, which we are all fans of, that overrule serious precedent, like Brown versus Board of Education, overruling Plessy v. Ferguson, which uh, was the, the school choice thing. Um, That's good. So important, so important. And Alito goes through and says, no, this is, this is important. I'm going to give it its light of day. Let me go through and talk about the different factors. I think there's five of them that we need to consider when uh, overruling a prior case. And everyone he goes through, he makes a compelling argument for why this should be overruled. Some of them uh, being how much this jurisprudence from Roe Roe and Casey negatively impacted other areas of law, how much there was reliance interests. And then even in the reliance uh, interests, um, he goes through, well, what are those reliance interests? Uh, really important ones are property and contract. Uh, but then he, he goes through and says, well, let's even say that this is this is one, it's a temporary one, it's one that's easily amenable. All this to say, mm-hmm. all the, to, all, I say all that to say this. This was not a short-sighted, quick dismissal of really important Supreme Court jurisprudence where Alito was just making a decision that he thought was right. He went through over a hundred or so pages and very clearly articulated the reasons why this is an appropriate decision. And so yep. for our viewers that are watching this say, well, I, I, this is, I don't agree with this on these but go read the opinion. It's, it's not. It's <laughs> a, yeah, yeah, it's a great opinion. It's a great legal opinion. You know, you could, you could take the topic of abortion out of it and just look at how it treats the text, how it treats the constitution. It's an excellent opinion. And Jace, that kind of takes us to this bigger question of what's happening at the Supreme Court right now. Mm. Um, what we've prayed for for years. Jace, I remember, you know, when I decided to go to law school or when I finally understood the Lord's calling to go to law school. Little little bit of nice background noise there, Jace, with you. That's great. No problem. But um, but anyway, you know, guys, we've been working and praying, and many, many of you have for decades, for what we call judicial renewal. Judicial renewal. And the reason it's called renewal is because it's not just a new thing. It's a renewal of what was there originally. There's some guys behind you there. Watch it. Watch it, Jace. <laughs> They're good. But, but judicial renewal, which is the restoration of the judiciary to its proper role, not its improper role, the restoration of the judiciary to its proper role of deciding cases rather than legislating from the bench. Legislation is to, is to be performed by the legislative branch. That's why it's called legislation, because it happens in the legislative branch, not judicialization or whatever you might say. Legislation is performed in the judicial branch. That is we, the people, electing our representatives and then saying, hey, hey, pass laws that we like. That's why we elected you. We want you to pass laws that we like. We want to live under rules that are passed by our 
legislators, our, our, our legislative representatives. Um, and that's not the job of judges. It's not the job of judges. The founders, nobody. If we were setting up a government right now, conservatives, liberals, communists, would anybody say, let's pick five people, put them in black robes for life, and let's let them decide everything, every rule that we're going to live under, whether it's a speed limit, whether it's the death penalty, whether it's who get all these questions. Would we do that? No. Now, maybe so, if you're one of those five like five oligarchs, maybe you would like it, but the rest of us wouldn't. We would say we'd like to have representatives who are accountable to us who make the rules that we live under. Right. And that's that, a democratic that was the state That was the state of the world that you just described, that dystopian, oh my goodness, never in America. That was the state of the world when America yeah. was being founded. It was either a monarchy, an emperor, or an oligarchy that was making decisions. And there can be just things done in those kind of societies, yeah. but they are the worst ways to protect liberty. Democracy, exactly. Representative democracy, the, the idea that was written up by our, our, our founders and the framers of the so, Constitution, it's the best way to protect our liberty. And, and Jay's, this is, and I'm going to say this professionally, this is the greatest day of my life up to this point. And it has nothing to do, well, it does have something to do with abortion, but, but primarily it has to do with what we've been working for, judicial renewal. The judiciary saying, regardless of what we think about abortion, this is not our call, folks. We're judges. We decide winners and losers in a lawsuit. We don't get to make these massive policy decisions. The legislature does. And so, you know, we are pro-life. Jason and I are very pro-life, so we're not dodging that issue. We're very much in favor of it. But this decision doesn't, doesn't um, outlaw abortion. I would, I would like for that to be the policy of the federal government. But that's not the call of the court in this case. What the court in this case is saying, there is no federal right to abortion. That's the decision that is one to be made by the states. And so that's a wonderful thing in terms of the role of the court and how they're performing. And Jace, we've seen it too the last couple months with decisions coming out of the court, just consistently seeing this principle. And it's interesting, Jace, that it happens at a time when the court is under unprecedented pressure, even attempted assassinations. I mean, it went from court packing to trash talking to attempted assassinations to groups doing social media posts threatening justices' children even. These are serious times, but yet the court has stepped up said, we're not going to give in to your threats. We're going to do our job. And that's what they've been doing. So praise God for answering prayers and moving uh, like we've never seen a move before, at least in my time. Yeah, I agree. It's just a really, really big deal. I think it, it, uh, it's good news. It's good news for the future of America um, that, that our judges have, have woken up and chosen to exercise some restraint over themselves it's no, it's no small thing uh and man i think it's i think it's it's a good deal as well you know uh, thomas wrote a a concurrence uh kavanaugh wrote a concurrence and thomas's concurrence i thought was really interesting i <laughs> the guy is so bold he's the probably the one on the course that's most likely to say like we've said before, you know, the emperor has no clothes to, to, to look around. He's and say, a lion. Right. He's like, hey, he, he takes a step further. He writes the current and says, yeah, I agree with the majority opinion. 
I agree with everything that's said. Let's talk about this substantive due process thing. This thing needs to be out the window, gone, dead. It's a fallacy. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. And I'm like, wow. And he's talking, he's saying in the future, when we move forward and have, have cases yeah. that address yeah. things, we need to talk about it. And so yep. it's yep. moving in a, in a good direction. And you, you brought up something in the past couple of days we've talked about that I think is a good thing to consider and remember that maybe the church may not be thinking about. But when Roe was decided, Roe and Casey, there was a, an agreement made with, um, with the enemy, with death, that rejected and impacted upon our national relationship with God. And there were right. all kinds of maladies that came from that decision. And so now we're at, this, we're at, we're at a point now where we're taking a step back towards restoring that, that national relationship with God, ordering justice, which is a huge deal what the Lord commands us to do in Malachi. Uh, and so what, what the church may not be considering, what's so important is all of the blessings that may flow from that. And we may not be considering it. Right now we're just thinking of the pragma, pragmatic uh, measures that come from this thing. Well, because of this, now it goes to the state. Because now it, yeah. we're going to have, but we're, we're, we're forgetting that, wait a minute, there's a whole host of, of blessings and favor that may come from this that the Lord bestows on our country that we don't even know what their consequences it's, are maybe massively massively beneficial it and is maybe a catalyst to further measures of justice i think it's important to, to it, it, it is and jace i've been i've been sensing this for quite a while just through prayer and through hearing from the lord um this is more than just a reversal of of the non-existent right to abortion that is that is very very important don't get me wrong that's massive the saving of lives is massive but the bigger thing is that um for nearly 50 years now we've had the united states of america picture an umbrella over our nation a massive umbrella that covers all 50 states the united states of america and coming up from that umbrella there's a connection to god in heaven and we've been saying to him for 50 years we have a right to kill our unborn children. And God is looking down from heaven. And there's this relationship between us and God. As of this moment, it's severed, guys. That umbrella is gone. That, that, um, that relationship, that breach in our, in our national relationship with God is broken. It's broken. It's gone. And Jace, the first thing, I wasn't even expecting it when I, when I, when I saw this opinion, I went over to the printer and it was coming off. Buddy, I just broke, man. I just broke and started weeping. I didn't plan to cry. It was just, bam, it's broken. The curse is broken. Whatever curse, you may say, well, there's not a curse. Well, there was, but whatever that was, it's broken. And now God in heaven looks down at us. And he still sees a very imperfect people. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. We're not coming to him beating our chest. Look at us. Look what we did. We do it in humility. The reversal of Roe was a grievous, 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 or pardon me, Roe is a grievous error, and, and we've corrected it between us and heaven. So we don't come to him saying, you need to give us something. No, we come to humility saying, Father, forgive us of our sin. We've repented. We come to humility. We've repented. But Jace, what I believe, what, I, what I've sensed from the Lord is that he does something in response to that. 
He does something in response to that. And guys, I want to explain. This will be about the last thing that we'll share, and then we're going to end it. And we'll have some more videos today that we'll probably put up just as we go along. We want to make this somewhat short so it's not too long. Um, so you can digest it. But two concepts, guys, mercy and grace. Many of you know the difference, but I'm just going to go through it. Mercy, there's a difference between mercy and grace. The definition of mercy is I've done something bad and I deserve punishment, but God looks down and he says, I'm not going to give you what your deeds deserve. You did something bad and you deserve punishment, but I'm not going to punish you. That's mercy. That's mercy. Grace is similar, but it's different. Grace is, I've done some things and I'm not entitled to some benefit or some blessing. But God gives me the blessing and the benefit anyway, even though I haven't done anything through my deeds to deserve it. That's grace. Again, mercy is I've done something bad. I deserve punishment. I don't get punishment. Grace is I've done some things, but I don't deserve a blessing because of my deeds. But God does it anyway, just because he's God and he's good. Right. That's grace. Unmerited favor. Yeah. Unmerited favor. Exactly. And so that's what I believe God does now guys. And again, it's not because we reversed row and we deserve his goodness. We're still begging his forgiveness for our sin. That's that's where we're positioned. We're on our face before him saying, forgive us, Father, for we've sinned. But I think God looks down and says, you know what? I appreciate it. I do. And I see. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to do something because I'm good and I'm God. I'm going to pour out on you my grace, my blessing. Now, guys, what does that look like on January 24 of 2022? What does this nation need? What do we need that we can't do for ourselves right now? I think it's, I think it's an awakening. I think it's a spiritual awakening. It's revival. This, this nation has gone so far, so far away from the Lord and his ways. And I don't know that we can get ourselves back on track. I don't know that we can bring the justice that we need for this nation. There's been so much exposure of evil and injustice, and so many of us are crying out, Father, please, where's the justice? My prayer and my hope and my expectation, not, not expecting it because we deserve it, my expectation because God is so good is that he's going to pour out revival on us, that he's going to pour out his grace, his awakening on us, and he's going to give us guys what we don't deserve just because right. he's good which is a it's a character yeah. it's it's consistent with the character of god even if you take the, the parable of the prodigal son which we so often attribute yeah. Yeah. to the supreme court it's the it's the it's the coming back over the hill and then the father runs all the way to him yep. put the yep. robe around his yep. back ring on his finger brings him into his house so it's consistent with the character of god like we, we say no we exactly. we need to and, uh, and uh, for people that are, you know, maybe misunderstanding what we're saying, we're not saying that Justice Alito wrote this opinion uh, as, a, as a plea unto God and ignored jurisprudence. He didn't do that. What he did was he wrote an opinion that was in line with justice and with the Constitution, with right governance, which is God's natural law. And it's the yes. law in which he delegates to us that we have jurisdiction. When we break from that law, we break from his favor and his will. So yes. I'm not saying that Alito wrote this, you know, opinion, dear God, here's yes. we're so no, he went through and very, very professionally and expertly wrote the opinion with legal jurisprudence that was immaculate. Yep. But 
it also corrected our course and brought that area of our jurisprudence back into right standing with the justice of God. And that is why we're making these uh, analogies and drawing these, these lines of distinction saying, hey, this is going to, to produce benefits and unmerited favor because we're coming back into just, a, just, a just order society in this area. More to follow. Good. Well, Jace, why don't we do this? Um, I think we wrap up. I want to do some more reading of the opinion. For example, I haven't read the Lions concurring opinion. Justice Clarence Thomas, I can't wait. I'm excited. Uh, but but there and then, you know, we may have some friends. I know our, our great friend Matt Lockett is out at the court. God bless him. I pray he and his team are safe, protected by angels. Um, we, we may talk a bit more about other things, too. So we'll see. We'll see. But Jace, why don't, why don't we do this? Is there anything else that you want to mention? And then uh, we'll get, you know, we always like to mention the, the like, share, subscribe, whatever those things are, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, um, like, share, subscribe, follow, yes. repost, all those things. And, and Jace and I are not independently wealthy. We always say this as well. <laughs> Jag does pay us. We, we appreciate that. And it's because of the faithful gifts of our friends and supporters. And we appreciate it. So you can support us as well. But um, Jace, that sounds great. So anything else? And then we will probably drop here and we may come back later. No, no, I'm all good. That was great. Good, good. Jace, I do want to emphasize one thing that you said about the prodigal son analogy as, as we roll out here. That um, the prodigal son didn't deserve what his father gave him when he came home. And um, and matter of fact, his his expectation was, I just want, I'm just going to go home. I mean, the, the the servants in my father's house are treated better than I am, where I'm living in this far country. He was coming home just to just to be in the house, but but the father, when he saw him, he ran to him. Number one, he didn't even wait. He ran to him. He put a robe on him. He put a ring on his finger, representing restoration. He put shoes on his feet. He said, "Let's have a feast. Let's kill the best fatted calf." Let's, 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 let's restore him fully. And that's the heart of God. And so when I say I'm expecting it, I'm not expecting it because we're entitled to it. I'm expecting it because I know the heart of our God. I know the heart of our father. And so we're just so thankful. So, all right, guys, we love you. We appreciate you. Jace, maybe you need to grab a sandwich there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll see. I'm, I'm a Roman man on the street today. So. Yes, that's great. All right, anyway, all hey, right. Jace, Bye, everybody. Jace, let's stay on the line and talk a minute, but, but we'll go ahead and drop out here. Sound good? Great. Sounds good. Bye, everybody. God Thanks bless you guys. Stay safe.